Welcome to A.T. Stewart and Sons Ministries. I'm your host, A.T. Stewart. I'm glad you've chosen to join us today as we look into the Word of God. So take your Bibles and let's hang out in God's Word for a few moments and see what God would say to us today. Welcome to Expository Preaching, brought to you by A.T. Stewart Ministries. I'm your host, A.T. Stewart. A.T. Stewart Ministries exists for the purpose of glorifying God by feeding those who hunger for the meat of God's Word that they might grow into Christ's likeness. A.T. Stewart Ministries provides free sermons that are biblical, relevant, and practical. You can go to my website at atstewart.com and you can find the free sermons there to listen to that uh, I trust will feed your soul. And I'm teaching a series of lessons on expository preaching. We are now at Lesson 7. If you have not had the previous lessons, let me encourage you to go to atstuart.sermonaudio.com and you can search there for the series Expository Preaching and you can hear the back sermons or back lessons that uh, we have for you there. But our study brings us to lesson number seven. And just as a review, uh, we have already covered the first three steps in the development of an expository sermon. And the first one is to pray, and then to select the text, and then to study the text. Well, after you have spent time studying the text, then you will want to break down the structure of the passage to discover the big idea of the text and the text outline. As you are studying that passage, you are looking for the central theme. What is the main idea of this text? Uh, You're looking for supporting points as you go through that as well. Haddon Robinson talks about the big idea in his book on expository preaching, and I have change the idea just a little bit, Uh, but the big idea is a summary statement that includes all the major elements in your passage. So you're basically putting together in one statement what is the big point of the passage, what's the main theme, what's the central idea of the passage, right? What is the writer talking about? What's the big idea of the text? This is very important in your sermon development. Since the sermon is the text, and the text is a sermon in expository preaching, you want to determine, well, what's the sermon going to be about? What's the big idea of the text? What's the main thought, the main teaching of the text? And then as you're looking at that, you'll also look at how it is developed. And so when we study Uh, The biblical text, we pursue its main subject. We seek to discover the central theme and how that theme is developed. Some passages are easier to discover than others. But nevertheless, it's important that you take the time as you're studying the passage to come up with that main idea, the main thought, the central theme of the passage. What's the writer talking about? And what does he say about it? Give you an example of what I'm talking about. Over in uh, Psalm 73, excuse me, Psalm 117, we look at the development of the central truth of this text. 
which is praise the Lord all nations, laud him all peoples, for the, his loving kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord. One of our previous lessons we saw this passage as well, and I intentionally referred to the same passages in various lessons because you are familiar with those since we've talked about them, and it should help you grasp the truth easier. Now, we want to see what is the structure of this psalm. What's the writer saying? What's the main theme, the central idea of what he's saying? Well, what we see when we look at the structure is we see one command, praise the Lord, all nations, laud him, all peoples, and we see two reasons for the command. For his loving kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord is everlasting. So you have one command and two reasons. That is the structure of that passage. Now, when you're seeking the main idea, you might ask the question, it's talking about praise. Why should we praise the Lord? Well, we should praise the Lord because His loving kindness is great and His truth is everlasting. So when you take that structure of the passage and you want to put together the big idea of the passage, then it would be people should praise the Lord because His love is great and His truth is everlasting. So here you have the main thought of the passage put together. People should praise the Lord because his love is great and his truth is eternal. So here you have, uh, in one statement, you have summarized the teaching of this passage. And so you want to find the big idea of the passage. What is it talking about? And this may take you a good bit of time uh, to discover this. Uh, but it's important, again, that you discover it. Uh, once you have determined uh, the big idea, then you need to also come up with the outline for the text. Again, as I was, if I were outlining this text, I would say first, point A is the command, let all nations praise the Lord. And B would be the two reasons. Number one, because His loving kindness is great and because His truth is everlasting. So again, that's a very simple outline, but it helps you to understand the text, and this will be important when you begin to outline your sermon, because your sermon is the text, and the text is your sermon. So the outline of the text will greatly inform your sermon outline, and so you must determine what's the outline of the text, what's being said. Now, to me, this is probably one of the most difficult parts of the sermon development. Yet, when you come to that understanding of the outline of the text, what's the big idea, how is it developed, uh, you have made a major step in the preparation of your expository sermon. Once you get to that point, everything else begins to fall in place. But this doesn't come easily to me. It takes uh, many times of looking over the Scripture, many times of praying over the Scripture, many times of, of studying the words, the key phrases, uh, to seek to come to this development. If you find yourself just totally stumped on a passage, 
Uh, I would encourage you again to take John MacArthur's commentaries. Uh, he is very good at uh, getting an, a handle on a passage and breaking down the key components of a passage. And so if you're stuck, I would encourage you to uh, get his commentaries. And if you're in the New Testament, uh, look in his commentaries and he can give you some ideas. If you have some other good commentaries, Warren Wiersbe, uh, he does a great job of breaking down passages and giving you outlines that normally alliterate as well. Uh, so if you are at a point that you are just stuck, I would encourage you then to seek some outside sources to help you. I would not like to see you go to those sources immediately without first trying to understand the text yourself. Uh, but they are a great aid if you find yourself bogging down uh, and having a difficult time really understanding uh, what the text is saying. But again, you want to look at the structure of the text in Colossians 1.16. Again, a passage we've looked at. Paul is talking about Christ as the Creator. Uh, and he uses three prepositions, by, through, and for. Uh, Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. So there you have a very clear structure using the three prepositions, by, through, and for. And so the main idea is that Christ is the creator of all things. And the big idea would be all things have been created by Christ, through Christ, and for Christ. Again, picking up on the three prepositions, by, through, and for. And the main idea statement, all things have been created by by Christ, through Christ, and for Christ. Again, if then you move to outline in the text, again, all things were created, A, by Christ, B, through Christ, C, for Christ. So you have a very clear textual outline of that passage. Uh, again, look at Philippians 2, 5 through 8, a passage that we have looked at. The main thought of this passage, as we mentioned, is Jesus' humility. And for those of you that are listening and don't have the benefit of the PowerPoint, uh, but let me say that I have attached a PDF of these PowerPoints, and I hope you will download that and look at the PDF file as you're listening if you're not able to listen to the video. Uh, take the audio. Open up your PDF file and follow along in the PDF file as you listen to the audio. And we're in Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now you're trying to understand, what's the big idea of this passage? It's that Jesus humbled himself by becoming a bondservant, by being made in the likeness of man, 